Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So if you have ever been in a blazing hot parking lot with a straightened out clothes hanger like this, trying with all of your might to hook the door handle at impossible angles, or worse, trying to get the ring of keys that's sitting in the seat that you can see just within, I mean, it's just right there, everything, anybody, okay, do I get any, any help in the house today? Okay, then, then if you've ever done that, which I've done that several times, by the way, if you've ever done that, then you will wholeheartedly agree with the declaration I am about to make to you. One of, if not, the greatest inventions in the history of the universe, of mankind as we know it, is the car that will not lock when your keys are in it. Anybody? Okay, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the keys can be in, they can be up under your seat. They can be in your purse. They, if, okay, for the women. They can be in that black hole chasm in between the seats that everything goes to to die. They can be lost in the car somewhere. And the truth is, is they, the, the car will not lock. I don't want those of you that have that feature on your car to ever take that feature for granted. You are literally living in utopia. It is the Garden of Eden. It is the perfect universe. Some of y'all don't know because you've never experienced. Okay, so, so yet I wonder in the same concept then, I wonder how many of us take the unlocked door provided by Jesus to the gift of the Holy Spirit for granted. I wonder how many of us, if Jesus, and I believe he was, was the key that swung the door open to the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us, after he's made it so available to us and so so complete for us and he's given us complete access, I wonder how many of us, even though all that's been done, we keep trying to gain entrance to the unlocked door or we ignore the entrance that's been granted as if we don't need access to that and it's like we're like the guy with the the clothes hanger trying to unlock a car that won't lock it's it's like for those of you that have that feature you're you're standing out in the sun even though your keys are in the car and the door won't lock you're still out there trying to pull on the lock because you remember last week I told you door is just as strong and just as restrictive as a locked door if you don't know that the door is unlocked And so Jesus came and he unlocks the power of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. We said that the when you get right down to the bottom line, the brass tacks, where the rubber meets the road, that the thing that the Holy Spirit unlocks for us is simply that power. He gives us power. Can't get no help already. All right. So he gives us power. So I said, well, then what does uh, what power does he give us? Because some of us have heard that the Holy Spirit gives us power all of of our life. But all we've ever heard about is he gives us power to witness But I just came to tell you this morning that he gives us other kinds of power too. It's not that he doesn't give us power to witness. He does. Again, I remind you, like I said last week, the fact that we underutilize the power of the Holy Spirit to witness probably is a great indicator that we underutilize the power of the Holy Spirit in our life for other things as well. 
And so we begin to talk about the power he gives us. So he gives us power. So this morning, what I want to tell you, uh, I want to help you is this, is that I believe that Jesus, by giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, gives us the power, here it is, to pray. To pray. So here's the problem. If I stop, and I'm going to in just a moment, and I'm going to ask you this question, uh, a simple question, I, I would guess that, and I, and I may be shooting low, I would guess that after I ask this question that 99.9%, and I think I'm shooting low, 99.9% .9 of the people in this room and those watching online are going to raise their hand in agreement with the question uh, because, because we underutilize this power. So here it is. How, here's the question, and we'll see if I'm right. How many of you here today would say, I am 100% completely satisfied with my prayer life. It's everything that I want it to be. If that's you, raise your hand. Look around. Nine, okay, I got one. I got one. Y'all need to go to her some, some prayer. It's 99, okay, I was, I was low, 99.99%. Okay, so... Uh, most of us, here's the truth, here's the truth. Most of us feel very weak when it comes to praying. You didn't raise your hand, so evidently you don't think your prayer life is all that it should be, so then we can conclude that you feel weak in the area of prayer. Y'all, come on now. Y'all are like shouting the house down while we're worshiping. Now all of a sudden you don't want anybody to know how unspiritual we are, all right? You want everybody to think you just got, you got this prayer closet built in your house and you spend 23.9 hours a day shut up in your prayer closet when the truth is most of us feel very inadequate when it comes to our prayer life. We feel weak. We know prayer is important. All right, let's, let's ask that question. How many of you know that prayer is important. Okay. Uh -huh. I didn't even get 99. Come on, y'all. It's important, right? It's how we communicate with God. The disciples knew that it was important. Do you realize that the disciples, when they approached Jesus and asked him, uh, to, they, they never stopped and said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to preach. They never said, Jesus, teach us how to change the wheel on a chariot. Aren't here this morning. He never said, Hey, teach me how to do anything except one thing. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. The most important lesson they asked him to teach him was how to pray. So we know that we need to pray, but we feel inadequate and we feel insecure. At least I do. I'm just talking about me. That, 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 that there are moments that I don't feel like my prayer life is everything that it should be. And so I think that's why it's essential to know that the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us to, to give us power to pray. That door has been unlocked to us. We just don't seem to recognize the fact that it is unlocked, so we don't utilize that power effectively. So let me help you. Let's go into the, in, into the Word this morning. I want to show you how the Holy Spirit empowers us to pray. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. I could read a whole bunch more than that, but just two for our consideration today. In Romans chapter 8, listen, we're talking about how the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit helps us pray. Listen to what he says, and Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. What weakness? Here you go. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. 
And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. He unlocked the door. We, we read right over it and never access, never utilize the, understand that he's there to help us. Okay, okay, y'all, y'all, okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. To God, since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Okay, so let, let's stop for one second and let's think about this. We are weak in our prayers when we pray without our prayer partner. I, I need you to understand this morning that what Jesus did is he literally gives the pre, he literally gives us access to the premier prayer partner. Because I, I don't know if y'all if y'all uh, concluded this. I've concluded this that God is attracted to weakness. And Paul says that we have weaknesses. Paul says, Paul says that we are weak in our prayer life. Then he says, I want you to notice that the Holy Spirit literally helps us in our weakness. He says, we don't even know what to pray. Okay, some of y'all trying to glow in the dark like you're holy this morning. But I just need to be honest with you. There are a lot of times I don't know what to pray. Just me. I'm the only one in the room apparently. But there are a lot of days, let's just say maybe seven days out of the week, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray. And then, and not only, I don't know the words. I don't know what to ask for. I'm not sure if it's my will or God's will. But Paul declares that the Holy Spirit, as our prayer partner, helps us overcome this weakness. Here, here we go. Because our prayer partner prays for us. So, so, okay, one of the, one of the uh, lies of the enemy is this. Let me help you this morning. One of the lies of the enemy of our soul is this. Nobody cares about me. Y'all don't even know how many times over the course of the history of this church, 15 years ago this month, we started this church. You don't even know. I can't even count on my toes, my fingers, your toes, your fingers, and everybody else's toes and fingers. How many times I've heard, nobody cares for me. It's a lie from the enemy. And then it goes like this. We hear about people praying for other people, and we say stuff like this. I wish somebody would pray like that for me. Listen, you are being prayed for right now. The Spirit prays for us. Do you? We don't. Do We need to recognize, understand the implications of that that statement right there, the Holy Spirit is literally praying for us right now. I'm glad my, I'm glad if my grandmothers were still alive, I'm glad my grandmamas were praying, praying for me. I'm, gra- I'm glad I have a praying mama and, and, and daddy. But the truth is, I am more thankful that the Holy Spirit himself is praying for me right now. The Holy Spirit's praying for me right now. He's saying, God, please help him say it right. God, let it, don't let him stick his foot in his mouth. 
God, let him communicate effectively. Give him the desire. He's praying for me right now. And he's praying for you right now. Think about that. The Holy Spirit is constantly saying your name to God. He, he is constantly bringing your need up to God. I, if I could just get somebody to pray for my needs, I, I need to turn my needs in. If somebody, if the prayer team would just get on their, on, the, on their job and do what I need them to do and they would just pray for me and we forget the fact that the Holy Spirit is literally praying for your needs right now. Constantly and consistently. He, the, 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 Paul says the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Here's good news. Even when your words fail, Anybody ever been there? Ever been in your prayer closet? Such distress, such anguish of the soul, been through such a tragedy, so brokenhearted, so messed up, only me, so, so jacked up in my own heart that I don't even, I, I can't even come up with the words. I prayed all I know to pray and I have nothing left to pray and all of a sudden sounds start coming out of me and I'm just like groaning in the presence of God and the Bible teaches us that in that moment, the Holy Spirit himself is praying for us even when our words fail. And God listens and knows what the Spirit is saying. Another great comfort I find in this is that it means that I don't have to pray alone. He is helping me pray. He is agreeing with me, and I am agreeing with him. Everywhere I go, I just need to let y'all know that sometimes we call prayer meetings. In fact, we're going to have one on the Thursday, August the 25th, right? At 7 o'clock, we called a prayer meeting. But I just need to let y'all in on a little secret. Everywhere I go, there's a prayer meeting going on. And I'm not praying by myself. Everywhere I go, there's the Holy Spirit praying with me. Yeah, see, we, we, don't, we don't even, I don't think we grasp the implications and the power of that. That when you bow your knee to Jesus and you invite the power of the Holy Spirit that he's unlocked to our, our access to. And you walk through that door and you unleash the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. He's literally praying for you 24-7, seven days a week, 12 months a year. All your life for decades, he's literally praying, calling your, talking to God about you. Yeah. So my question then is, why are you praying alone? Too many of us are working so hard at something that we were never intended to do alone. So I just want to challenge you this month. We're, we're literally starting the uh, 14 days of prayer today. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But, but I just want to inv inv invite you to do this. During the course of this month, would you join me and invite the Holy Spirit to pray for you and with you? You don't have to do this by yourself. The second thing I think we need to understand is, our, is that our prayer partner prays through us. He not only prays for us, he prays through us. When we pray in tongues, Paul says when you pray in tongues or even through groanings given by the Spirit, we are literally praying in a language that cannot be understood by the enemy of our soul. Am I in a Pentecostal church or not? Y'all quiet on me today. We are literally praying in a language that cannot be understood by men, nor can it be understood by the devil. Paul states this. I read it to you over and over again. You will be talking only to God. You will be talking only to God. You will be only talking to God. So I need you to think about that a minute. That means that the Holy Spirit unlocks the ability to pray so that only God can decipher and understand. 
So if the access, if access to that kind of prayer has been unlocked for us, and it has, then why in the world would we settle for prayers that are, can be picked off, and why would we be content to pray in such a way that our prayers can be interrupted, intercepted, and in, ineffective? And if you don't believe that happens, you just go read the book of Daniel. Because the book of Daniel talks about how Daniel was praying and all of a sudden an angel appears many days after he's been praying and the angel says to Daniel, you prayed, I was dispatched to you, but a demon, a spirit intercepted your prayers and kept me at bay. But now I break through. Y'all know your Bible, right? That's happened. So, so apparently the enemy can delay our prayers, distract us from praying, try to fight our prayers. But when we pray in the spirit... He prays through us and the power to, we have this power to communicate effectively and directly to God that's been unlocked for us. In other words, we have a direct pipeline to God. In other words, you've got the bat phone. Anybody old enough to remember the Batman with the pow bing zap? Okay, and the, the mayor would pick up the red phone and it would go straight. Was it red? Yeah, I think it was red. It would go straight to Batman and he'd, we got that kind of phone. And we don't use it. We're scared of it. We're confused by it. And Jesus unlocked that for us so that we could pray more effectively. Uh, in World War II, there was a group of soldiers uh, uh, that, that became uh, very famous because of a movie that was made about them. It was a group of Navajo Indians that were uh, in the Marines. And um, the, uh, in the war, the problem they were having was that the Japanese intelligence was intercepting all of the United States messages. They were breaking our code. And they would, they would get the message, decipher the message, and then they would be one step ahead of the Americans. But the Navajo Indian soldiers had a language that was their native language that was unwritten. And so they begin to use their unwritten communication ability to speak and deliver messages from one end of the line to the other end of the line. And the Japanese intelligence agency could never decipher the code because they couldn't understand it. And what that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us when we pray is we're literally speaking in a language that the enemy cannot decipher, cannot understand, and is, defense, is defenseless against. And yet we're freaked out by it, and we're confused by it, and we won't allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And I just want to challenge you this morning that when, when you pray, let's learn, let, let's allow the, let's just come to this point in our life where we say this to, to, to Jesus. I just want everything you have for me. And, and I don't think you're weird and you wouldn't do anything that you, that would harm me. You only want what's good for me. You're my good, good father. And so I trust you. And so now I want you to, to allow me to pray in the spirit because when I pray in the spirit, I'm only talking to the father in, in mysteries that only he can understand. I, and I just want to challenge you that over the course of this month, maybe you've never encountered, experienced the Holy Spirit. I just want to challenge you. Allow Jesus to unlock access in your life. You will defeat the enemy because he can't understand you. The third thing is this. This one's really important. Our prayer partner prays perfect. I know it's perfectly English teachers. But I wanted to say it like that. Our prayer partner prays perfect. The Holy Spirit is, is an incredible prayer partner because he, here's the key. 
He prays, according to Paul, he prays the will of God. Yeah, so, so I, I just want, I want to be honest with you as your pastor this morning. I wished I always prayed the will of God. I wished I did. But can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I pray selfish. Don't look at me like that. Some of y'all prayed selfish. Please let them win. That's my team. Please. They're horrible. But please, please let them win. Come on. You know, you know it ain't even God's will for them to win. They're so bad. And, and yet you pray selfish. Let them win. Let that stock go up. Let that credit card company lose my address. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I started thinking about my own prayer life, and there are a lot of times I pray my own desires. And I let my own emotions get in the mix, and I get my own preferences in the way sometimes. Let's just be straight up. I pray wrong sometimes. Ever done it? Ever about six months after you prayed something, you realize, man, I was praying the wrong thing. I was praying God would kill them. And then all of a sudden, six months later, I'm sitting in a service and, and the pastor starts talking about we ought to forgive. And I realize I was praying wrong. <laughs> Ever preached a message about forgiveness and realize, never mind. I pray selfish and I pray biased. But I have a prayer partner. And the Holy Spirit prays God's will. He goes beyond my will. He pushes past my desires. He pushes past my wants. He gets beyond my preferred outcome and my assumptions. This is a powerful concept. Why? Because if you pray that the will of God will be fulfilled, you bat a thousand. Okay, parents, help me. Isn't it easier to give them something you already wanted to give them? Like when my, my, my youngest son uh, once a, wanted a dog, we didn't necessarily want a dog. And so when, when he comes and says, Dad, Mom, I want a dog. Now, he didn't do it like that. I wish he'd done it like that. He just showed up with the dog. So then we're stuck with it. But, but let's just play it. It's a perfect world. And he was like, Oh, Father of great wisdom, and oh, Mother of virtue, w- would it be possible, pray tell, that I have a dog and... and If we don't want to have a dog, he's going to have to spend the next 45 minutes convincing me why he needs a dog. This dog is the most awesome dog that was ever created by God. This dog obeys every command. He never whines, never barks. He hates cats. He's the perfect dog, dad. At some point, maybe in the conversation 45 minutes later, he might possibly convince me. He never has once had to do that when he asked me for something that was already my will. Dad, would it be possible for me to make A's this semester? Would it be possible for me to get a job? Dad, would it be possible, would it be all right with you if I cleaned my room? (laughs) Never once has he had to beg me to go, yes, I give you permission 
to get out the, the, the pledge and get the vacuum cleaner out and get into that dungeon of a room and that dump of a room and clean. Never once. I'm just like, yes, why? Because he's praying according, he's asking according to my will. What I'm trying to help you understand this morning is some of us are spending all of our time praying things that are not God's will and we're struggling and we're ineffective and we're wondering why are we beating our head up against the wall. And, so, and then we start stuff like this. God never answers. He never comes through. Answers everybody else but me. And what I'm convinced of is this, is that, that when I begin to pray with my prayer partner, the Holy Spirit prays God's will. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the things I ask for are answered because it's stuff God already wants to do. Like, God, give me a great marriage. Like, God, help me raise my kids so that they love you. God, help me win my neighbor to you. God, help me be a positive influence at work. God, help me to go to become clean and pure. God, help me not to be broken anymore. God, help me to... The Holy Spirit not only pleads God's cause with us, He pleads our cause with God. The Spirit intercedes, this is what Paul said, the Spirit intercedes for the saints, here it is, in accordance with God's will. Some of us struggle in prayer because we keep trying to get our will be done. Jesus didn't struggle in prayer life because he said this, Father, not my will be done, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why this unlocked door of the Holy Spirit is so incredibly important for us to partner with because we suddenly become people that are consistently, constantly praying the will of God. How do you think Stephen was able to pray for people who were stoning him to death? Y'all know the account in Acts? We started in Acts last week. When all this started, right? And the Bible says that Stephen was preaching and the people didn't like what, they, what he was saying. And so, so they grabbed rocks. Rocks. Not Nerf balls, rocks. And they began to throw them at him until he's going to die. And in the middle, check this out, in the middle of it, he starts praying for the people that are throwing rocks at him. How does that happen? The power of the Holy Spirit praying for him through him and praying perfectly. And I just want to tell you that that is the power of the Holy Spirit that has been unlocked for us so that, so that I have this ability to pray effectively. I, I, I miss it when I pray, but the Holy Spirit never misses it when he prays. Never. He gets it perfect every time. And this unlocked gift that Jesus gave us will unlock your prayer life and you will pray more effectively when you enlist the unlocked power of the Holy Spirit to partner with you in prayer. My simple challenge to you today in a Pentecostal church is that over the course of one month, let's allow the Holy Spirit, this unlocked gift, actually do more than just cause us to witness, which we want him to do. Let him do more than just let us have good services, which we want him to do. Let's partner with him and allow him to pray through us and for us and perfectly. And I think what we'll see is a move of God like most of us have never experienced before. Because 
and then I'm done. Most of us don't pray the will of God, so even when we're praying for a move of God, we don't pray right. Oh, that went over huge. Most of us, even when we pray for a move of God, don't pray right because we want a move of God like we want a move of God. Like I want a move of God like what I experienced when I was 14. And it's got to be just like that. You got to sing the same songs. You got to sing them at the right volume. The right people have got to be in the room. The wrong people can't be in the room. Y'all missing, y'all missing. I'm helping you right now. It's going to be all clean and it's going to last one hour. going to have to be on a Sunday morning because I ain't about to come out here on a Thursday night. And the people sitting next to me are going to have to sing on key. And the worship leader is going to have to hit every note just right. And then we wonder why we don't have a move of God because we're not praying the will of God. But if we would enlist the power of the Holy Spirit, it would unlock a move of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen. And it most likely would not fit the little box that we've put him in. And we would allow him to move like he wants to move. So how do we get there? In your seat, there's a card. It says 14 days of prayer. It starts today. And I'm going to ask you to help me. This is on the desktop of my computer, right where I can see it every day. I'm going to be doing this every day. I'm going to ask you to do this. I think what's going to happen is that when we get to Miracle Sunday, we're going to see the move of God unlocked like He wants it unlocked. As we pray in agreement. Even if you're the only one... See, I came into this service happy because even if none of y'all do this with me, I'm not praying alone. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's going to be praying this with me, but I would like for you to pray too. Here it is. We start tonight, and I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I'm just going to ask you to make a commitment with me, a covenant today, that over the course of the next 14 days, we're going to pray this list. There's no magic in the list. We're just trying to get our hearts right. So tonight we start, today we start by praying about relationship. God, Our Father, let's make sure our relationship with our Father is clean and current and where it needs to be. Let's start there. And as we get our hearts connected to Him again, we'll see Him move. Father, I pray that over the course of the next 14 days, You would allow us to come to this place where we're partnering with Your Holy Spirit where we're not afraid of Him, where we're not confused by Him. Instead, we throw our efforts, our our coat hangers aside and recognize that the door to the most powerful prayer partner ever unleashed in the history of the universe is right there in a room with us, praying for us, praying through us and praying perfectly. I pray that over the next 14 days, our prayers would become laser-like focused with the assistance and the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed in us. We would pray more effective prayers than we've ever prayed in our life. And that prayer would become a delight rather than a drudgery. We would recognize that in those moments alone with you, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, we have a direct pipeline Help us to pray this way, I pray. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Also in your seat is one of these little cards. I want to encourage you today before you leave and over the course of uh, the next 14 days as well to take this card and on the back it's blank and we're just asking you to simply do this. Write prayer requests. It doesn't have to be for you. It could be for someone else that may never even show up at this place. That's okay. That's not what this is about. We are com- we are gathering all these. You can see some of them already starting to show up on our stage. We're just throwing them up here on the stage. They're going to stay here for the next 14 days. And in our miracle service, one of the things that we will do during our miracle service is we're going to pray over these, believing what we sang today, that in this room, in this room, God is a God of miracles and lives will be changed. Amen. For this time of ministry. To find amen. Amen. Or to make a amen. Online, visit there we go. If it's your first time here, I would like to welcome you. My name is Andrew. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, if you haven't already received one of these cards, there's one in front of you on the pocket of the seat. Take that and fill it out. And as soon as we are dismissed outside in our lobby, we have a, a counter out there. You can take it.